Welcome to The Truth in His Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with a self-taught American artist. Born in Chicago, Illinois, he currently lives and works in Baltimore, uh, known for a unique blend of colors, shapes, forms, and motifs inspired by dance and DJ culture, fashion, design, dreamscapes, and experimental vistas. Please welcome Terry Thompson. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. So well-written intro is like I took it from a website. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I like, I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've had a few people in the past. It's like, yo, I know I wrote that, but I'm going to take what you said and use it. <laughs> okay. Hey, 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 if it works, it works, man. Go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I want to start off with a very kind of general question. Um, you know, and again, thanking you for coming to the podcast. Can you tell us in the listeners um, about your work? And what are the main ideas you're 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 working to express? Well, uh, my work has evolved over the years. Um, I've um, been doing this since 1990 when I moved to Baltimore. I had a loft space downtown. I had all the uh, empty wall space, and one of the things I wanted to do was try to decorate my apartment. And I couldn't afford to buy a whole bunch of paintings, so I knew I had some artistic skills because I took um, art classes all the way through high school. And so I um, started dabbling a little bit into um, creating, um, I wanted to do something more abstract. Uh, before uh, my uh, ventures into Baltimore, I had spent a, many years um, doing a lot of um, realistic stuff. Um, you know, some of the artists that I kind of followed during high school were like Boris Vallejo and Frank Frangzetta. Uh, they were like fantasy artists, if, if you've ever seen the, um, the books um, by... Um, um, uh, Conan the Barbarian or any yeah. of those of um, like that books that came out back in the seventies and stuff. Uh, they were the artists of those cover of those covers, and so uh, I was a big fan of them. And I I did that when I was in high school. Um, besides the classical training stuff that I learned um, over the four years that I had in um, painting classes with my teacher, uh, but um, as an adult, like I really got into like more abstract stuff. I wanted to um, kind of develop my own style, so. Uh, moving into the apartment gave me opportunity to like, like experiment. So I, um, I got a couple of canvases and started to form these like little eyes, kind of abstract shapes. Uh, I'm definitely a big fan of Basquiat. So I had some of the early influence with, with, um, with those earlier uh, pieces, but I wanted to like create my own style. And um, so what happened is that somebody, um, you know, bought the works and I'm like, okay, I guess I got a career now. <laughs> if they want to give me money for it. Uh, and uh, I had an exhibition. Uh, one of the local promoters saw my work and put it into his um, his um, party and uh, a local um, artist, um, Jeffrey Kent, he uh, he saw the work and he had a little gallery over on, on Charles Street called Hands Original. And um, he basically gave me my first show. Uh, and that was, that was, beginning of everything and um and so 30 years into it i've been um uh creating my own, own my own style over the years i kind of like you know went between figurative work to abstract i play around with um uh, oils uh I, I really got really known for my collage work uh because i um got i went to um the Ramiro Bearden exhibition back in 1983 and I saw that and I really wanted to um, try to create something uh, with that same kind of style 
uh, and uh, influence. And so, uh, but I wanted to do it in my own way. So I kind of like took the elements of using paper and I just basically use it as paint. So I would try to find, you know, uh, 20 or 30 magazines are the same magazine with the same colors in there and I cut it up and all. They say, you know, I got I got a piece and and put together and then people are like, dude, you're on something there. <laughs> and uh yeah, that was that was that was that was really where everything took off when I first started doing those collage works. But um a good friend of mine I met in Baltimore, his name is um Salvador Brew. He's um he passed away. But um uh, he's a Spanish painter and um he had a big huge loft downtown um in a piano factory mm-hmm. and um i had a chance to meet him and 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 went into his studio and i saw these massive pieces of work that he was doing like you know 20 by 25 feet wow. and uh yeah there yeah that studio was huge and um, he was i'd never seen anybody like you know do any work of that scale um you know personally knowing him and stuff so uh, he he really told me uh, the the fact is that really I got I got to master the painting because um you know he said the collages are nice and stuff and people you know gonna gonna gravitate to that and stuff but really you have to master the painting and I was doing both of them at the same time so um yeah it kind of worked out for me because um I was just applying a lot of the colors that I had in the collage work and and, and working in the painting I played around between figurative work and then I got into more more like all abstract probably in the last like 10 years and stuff but um i still go back and forth when it comes to um playing around with it but um the uh things that influence me are you know definitely the music i mean i'm in i'm in the music all the time because i you know i spend many years as a dj and i listen to music uh, in the studio um all the time so they're all intertwined in terms of um being able to do both of those those um disciplines at the same time Thank you. Thank you for, for um, running, running through that for us and sharing, sharing those, those beginnings and some of those ideas that you're, you're working um, to express. Um, so you, you touched on uh, Frank Franzetta, you, you, and uh, I've read that, you know, album covers, magazine images and posters were those kind of early inspirations growing up. Is there a piece of, of that sort of art that really comes to mind um, that has a particularly strong memory for you? And what about it sticks out? And I, and I, I did look up the uh, Frank Franzetta like Conan and I was like, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, I don't paint like those guys anymore. I mean, that's since high school. Yeah. Uh, but if I if I had to think about any of the works that really you know stand out that you know from the test of time that's really like been been embedded in my psyche as far as a, as an artistic piece, uh, I would have to say you know being from Chicago, um, my mom and grandma they took me to see the Picasso uh, statue that's in front of the um, Civic Center. And yeah. I think I saw it. I think I saw it in like nineteen. I'm dating myself. Nineteen seventy three or four when it first got um installed into chicago um and that that piece of work has been in my psyche since then um and you know looking at it now i'm looking at it like okay i can see a lot of his african influence in that piece uh and you know maybe it was something that you know that i had i don't you know my conscious you know subconscious thing i was like um you know it's just always been there so yeah, I, I can say that 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 has been, um, you know, something that's been you know, with me for a long time. Um, but, you know, as a, as an artist in high school, mm-hmm. you know, you have to learn classical work. So I, I my um, 
the the artists that I kind of gravitated to back in that were part of like school projects were like the we had to do French impressionist stuff. So I did a lot of um, uh, uh, Karat, yeah. Um, I think his name is Jean Jean Michel Karat was the uh, French painter, and he did a lot of landscapes and, th and stuff like that. I was really intrigued by his um, works um, in high school. Uh, my friends that I had class where they were doing a lot of um, fantasy art. Uh, yeah. So because, uh, you know, at that time, we had movies like um, Close Encounter, The Third Kind, um, Space Odyssey uh, was still, you know, being on rotation a lot. Um, uh, Space Odyssey, I think the TV series that came out um, mm -hmm. around that same time, too. Um, so, yeah, so they, they were doing it. We were doing album covers. Me and my friends, uh, we were copying like the problem of Funkadelic album <laughs> covers or um, Brother Johnson's, uh, you know, anything that we wanted to like, you know, try to give homage to um, and actually, you know, use our, our artistic skills uh, and apply that. Um, and, but I, I had different kind of, fr you know, friends in school. So uh, some of my friends, they were into the music stuff. And then I had other friends that were like artists, like um Kevin Hayes, he was uh, um, in my high school class. Uh, we had study hall together, and he did a lot of um, realistic stuff. So, and 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 so, I kind of followed him along along mm -hmm. that way too, because he was really uh, doing a lot of nudes. And so we would get Playboy magazines, and we're just <laughs> like, yeah, we just like <laughs> be in study hall drawing drawing these girls and and. Um, <laughs> You know, doing trying to get as, as close to the real thing as we could, and um, you know, my my uh, friends that I work with uh, in the restaurant say, "Oh, yeah, he got to take me down to the um, to the Playboy um, company downtown, and uh, you know, Playboy headquarters was in Chicago at the time." And say, "We got to get you a job with Lero Neiman and all those guys, man." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I said, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was good times because. Um, you know, you're doing, uh, we, you know, at, at that time we were doing so much stuff like, you know, playing basketball, running, biking, fishing, uh, having so much fun. Um, and we just didn't stick with one thing. And, 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 um, that's kind of what I do right now is I, I have a lot of different interests and in a lot of different things. So that's why I, sometimes, you know, people see me, see me and they see a lot of promotions or, or plugs around me, DJing. I think we're <laughs> artists. Yeah. And then they, then they see the, the artist guys will say, I see you, I remember you DJing here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or they, they might see a record come out and they said, uh, I heard you produce this record. I say, yeah, I produce one or two, but not a whole bunch of, them. but, uh, yeah, it's like, um, it's like, but it, it is all, it all works together for me. You yeah. know, the, the fashion stuff, uh, always been a fan of, of, um, fashion since like, um, since I moved into Loft, I would watch, um, the uh, uh, what was it? Um, CNN. Yeah, uh, Elsa Clinch on on Saturdays, every Saturday, ten o'clock a.m. I was t tuned into a to a fashion show and watching Claude, uh, Claude Monet and uh, uh, all of the different designers that they had back then, Jeffrey Bean and all that stuff. So, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, and I, and I think it's important to have like multiple things that you're into is like not being in a box and kind of doing what you enjoy and contributing to whatever it is, contrib contributing to the medium, whether it is doing, you know, you know, collage work, doing paintings, uh, DJing, you know, there's multiple things. And 
I think creators got to create, you know, artists got to, got to do the art thing, you know? And I, I think it's like, I like seeing people do different things. It's like, Oh, okay. You're trying something different versus this idea that, you know, some people will put upon you. You're supposed to stick to this one lane. Now I can do a little bit of everything. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, I think, uh, for, for at least for me as an artist, I think the freedom of being an artist is being able to do what you want to do. So, so if that the, uh, the market is, is one way, um, I don't really necessarily follow that trend. I mean, um, I might not, you know, have the, the, the uh, audience or the voice that's, you know, popular today, but, you know, my audience may be around 500 years from now, you know, maybe something yeah. like that. So, so yeah, I, um, yeah, I create, I create what I like to create. And yeah. I, um, and one thing about being in Baltimore is that you, you have such a luxury of being able to create here without, uh, have a, a lot of distractions uh i think uh, for at least for me is that is that um uh it's a quiet city i mean although it's like crazy sometimes but um <laughs> as far as like you know crime crime and all that kind of stuff but um if you are just really just doing your own thing in your own bubble it's kind of a quiet town and you don't have to like um you know be distracted from like if, if there's a bunch of, if I was in New York, it'd be like, I'd be out in the club all, all the time or, you know, partying, <laughs> go to some fashion show or whatever, and never, never get any work done. But here I can get work, I can get work done. I can, you know, raise a family. I can do all these things and not have all the pressures that, that come with living in, an, in an, um, a big city like that. And I um, mean, also, it, it also influences the work that I do because I can go from, you know, if the if the if it's Baltimore is kind of dull, I can paint. I can paint bright. You know, I can do bright things in my studio. I can paint things that lighten things up. Yeah. And then when there's too much stim, you know, stimulus in the in the uh, in the um like the air and stuff like there's too much um you know energy, I can tone it down. I can go. You know, I can do black and white stuff. So. Well, and, and I think that leads me into this this next question I wanted to ask you. And uh, let's let's talk about color a little bit. What role does color play in your artwork? And also, um, what what does it play into the fashion side of things? Because you're into clothes and you're into fashion. So tell me about that when it comes to like, does a certain color work better with a certain texture, a certain textile? Um, and what does that color may mean in your work? So tell me about that. Um, well, uh, the, the colors, the, um, I am uh, like attracted to a lot of colors. So, so when I go into, um, like the art supply store, I kind of go through and I um, pick out things that are, you know, appealing to me as far as the colors are concerned. And, um, I work in oil. So oils allows me to, you know, blend a lot of different colors easy. Um, I can, I can let it, I can work on things and, and, um, and then I can manipulate them a little bit later because the drying process is, is longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I like the way that the oils really like, you know, they have a rich, rich, you know, color compared to like, like the, um, pastels or, or the um, watercolors or, or acrylic. So, but as far as, um, what, you know, what motivates me, I think that, you know, if I think about colors, I think about like, you know, reds, blues and, and, and oranges and stuff. And I really like to make those things pop off the canvas as, as much as I can. Um, and I like to blend things that, 
it's more it's more natural for me because I, I don't you know i'm i'm not like a person who's who um sit down and and say okay i'm going to take this red tube and we're going to mess it with this green tube and i'm going to come up with this color or whatever everything is on the fly so yeah. uh so in my studio you'll see you'll see um the uh these these like bowls uh, of different mixtures of uh, paint some of them are half dry some of them always dry but uh it's just like this big palette of of, of colors uh, at the time and, and, and you know and they're also time stamped too because the works that i did 20 years ago are not the same color uh they are mm. in terms of um uh like they're bright but uh as an artist you can see that I'm using different paints today. I'm using what, what we have available today. And so I can get a lot deeper with the colors that are coming out now because they're always new colors that come out. And then you find different ways of painting because um, I have my own studio techniques and stuff. So things that I, were do- I was doing back in, in, in the early 90s and stuff, um, I am not doing that anymore because I, uh, that was pretty much following the same uh, path and and in of historical painting that I learned in school mm-hmm. but but now you know I'm you know 30 years in it is that um or I would say roughly around 15 years ago I started to figure out my own technique that <laughs> is unique to, to my work and so now I'm able to take those colors and give it more and more um, brightness than there before because I was using the canvas to do a lot of the work, and and the canvas absorbs a lot of the colors. I mean that's mm. what that's what that's what canvas is supposed to do. Um, so I figured out a way how to to like layer things up and have it where like the colors are bouncing off the canvas and not mm. being absorbed by the by the um, uh, not the paint being absorbed by the canvas as much as what what's really taught early on um by artists you know uh, historically so um yeah covering up with that that's good and as far as the fashion stuff um i mean um i mean i'm i'm, I'm you know it's, i'm more i'm more um attracted to the clothing of women um mm-hmm. by that are that are by the designers and and it and it intrigues me that they use a lot of of uh, painterly style in their design so yeah. so um you can see a lot of the influence that they have as far as you know picking their fabrics and things like that it's the same thing what an artist would do if i were going to the student picking up you know paint um, tubes they just using a different you know way of uh, presenting their their um uh their images and stuff Mm-hmm. Is that they they they're basically cutting the fabric just like like artists would be cut you know painting stuff so uh, so that's a, that's what it is for me is that I, when I see like you know uh, a fashion show and stuff um, I look at it okay they pick this fabric they pick these colors they use this backdrop to help emphasize the the, the fabric a little bit more um, I don't know anything about like you know f- fabric design or anything like that or or patterns that they use or any of that stuff I didn't you know I don't go into all of that yeah. technical stuff but um, I do like the um, the theatrics of it that's that's pretty much what I like I dig it uh, so I want to I want to ask you this we, we talked a little bit about your um, 
about your influences, right? And, you know, I read Picasso's in there, um, Henry Moore, Basquiat, Michelangelo. And I, I heard this thing about comparison kills creativity. So can you tell me about like who or, or what are like anti like motivations or anti influences? Because those exist. We always ask people about their influences and their motivations for their work, but mm-hmm. we never really get into why, what kind of takes away from your work, what kind of like hinders you within the process. And I'm at a interesting spot from my own standpoint where, you know, there can only be like two podcasters or two people covering and having conversations. So naturally Mm -hmm. people are almost forcing this comparative thing and well, you did an interview with this person and it wasn't as good as that interview and and so on. So tell Mm -hmm. me about that. Like those, those kind of anti influences. Yeah. um, Well, I try, um, I don't even try. I just, it's just a natural thing for me is not to um, be um, kind of like sidetracked. Yeah. With um, other artists, I mean, I I um, I, um, I do f- follow what artists are doing, like um, you know, friends of mine, like uh, Derek Adams. You know, he's 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 um, someone that we started out doing work early on in the nineties and stuff. I follow I follow a lot of what he's doing. Um, it, it doesn't really um, influence what I do as yeah. far as you know, because um, you know his success his success matrix is what works for him you know um and i think that that is for other artists i mean i follow you know rasheed johnson i follow you know so many um artists um you know of course you know ramir bidden back in the old days and you know he was you know his um his collage work was um was amazing and um looking at you know i think we get ideas from other artists you know for me I look at some Earth artists' work and I'll say, okay, all right, if they working on this kind of skill, um, you know, what are the, the logistics to it, you know, in terms of like getting the right material or they present something in a certain way, uh, make sure that, you know, if I, let me try, see how that works for me as far as like, you know, having painting side by side or, you know, two inches apart. It does, does the uh, work uh, show well when you do that. Um, yeah. I mean, th- those, those kind of, I mean, it's more like technical stuff, yeah. uh, instead of, um, styles. I mean, I think that a lot of artists, um, they're only because for me, everything for me is, is all in, in, you know, imagination. It's all, it's all whatever I can think of, you know, so I, I can't really like, you know, get, um, I really don't get inspired by other artists to do what they do because um, I'm doing it from within, yeah. you know, it's, it, and so what I'm doing today is not going to be what I'm doing tomorrow because uh, I'm always coming up with new ideas. And, I and love that. So, yeah. I love that. So, so, so yeah. So for me, it's like it, the studio is a lab, you know, it's for me to come here and experiment. I work, I work by myself. I'm here by myself all the time. So, so for me, it's, it's a place to discover um, and uh, it's good to see what other artists do because I, I, I get to discover what they're doing. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, and, um, but as far as how it influences my work, um, I don't, you know, I don't really let it get um, kind of, you know, influence what I'm doing. Saying if I see somebody's like having a good show or they have they having this success this way, I'm not an artist that would try to emulate that. I would just continue on my path of doing my thing and, you know, and, and as far as like, uh, uh, 
you know, have negative influence is is only if you allow it to um, yeah. if allow you if you allow it to compromise what you're doing. So yeah. for me, I would never let any artist that's doing something else compromise what I'm doing. Even if the even if an artist comes into my studio and they say, "Oh, why don't you hang it this way, or why don't you paint this over that," and I say, "Oh yeah, that's that sounds interesting," um, but. <laughs> But I was, I would say at that point, it'd be your painting. <laughs> no, I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be mine. It'd be you. It'd be you painting on and giving me instructions on how to paint. So uh, I, I would not do it. Just the fact is that uh, the canvas is for me to discover. And um, mm. and I want to be able to discover things on my own and, and do it. That's what. Um, and I, now, as far as like, you know, like uh, I just say, for instance, like, DJing and stuff like that, which is, you know, you can have one DJ versus another, you know, have a kind of different kind of like um, uh, platform, both of them using the same you know, materials. Like, you know, you're talking about you, you're, you're having a podcast and another, another um, host is having another podcast where you got technical ways of doing things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at DJs, we kind of, you know, I, I, I say this to young guys too. I say, you got to develop your own style. You yes, know, I you got twenty records. I can give you the same twenty records, but I'm going to play those twenty records different from you. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm going, I'm yeah. going to blend them. I'm going to blend them totally different from you. I'm going to put them in a way that you would not even think of because uh, it's coming within. Now, if I'm trying to follow your your steps, you know, how you do it, then I'm just basically copying you. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and what's and what's really in that? Like when, you know, I work in a kind of commission sort of space or what have you, and someone may ask me to do some interviews or be a host or help consult or whatever. Right. And right. and they're like, oh, well, I would do it this way. I was like, well, you, you hired me. So do you want what I know or do you want to do it your way and just use it? Because just so I know. Right. And yeah. I, I think, and I think your example right there with the DJs, like here's 20 records or what have you. If it's just, here's, I got five questions, you know, I'm going to ask this. I can, I can, like, I'm so confident in the fact that if I ask those questions, they can be the same questions, worded the same way. It's because of how I operate and how I go about it, my style, I know that I'm going to get a much different answer from the guest or from the person I'm interviewing than my contemporary may be if they're asking the same questions. It's just a matter of style. It's a matter of how I go about it. And, you know, I, I'm going to have a different perspective on it. I'm going to truly just come into a situation curious and really want to know. And there's an earnestness in there that, you know, you can't replicate. It's, it's, it's embedded in me. It's who I am. You know what I mean? Right. That, that's true. I mean, uh, you have your own style. I, I could tell by you know, your whole interview process is that you have your own unique way of doing things and, and it's unique to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, each each host or, or, you know, commentary or whatever, they all have their own different style. You know, Stephen A. Smith on, um, <laughs> on uh, what is he on, ESPN or Network? Windows, yeah, uh, ESPN, yeah. ESPN, his, I mean, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's crazy. You know, you, you enjoy him, but he's not the same as, you know, the other guys, you know, so yeah. it's like, you know, so you everybody... Yeah, I think you have to be be uh, genuine in, in your own way because um, they start and, calling their personalities, right? Right, it is personality. Yeah, you have your own personality. I mean, there's some things that you know. Of course, that there are some success metrics probably out there in terms of okay, if you follow this matrix, like if I wanted to get into a museum yeah. today, mm-hmm. if I want to have an exhibition and get into a museum today, today it seems like in order to do that as a black artist, you have to paint like pretty much black figurative work. That's mm-hmm. what it, that's what it seems like as from outside looking in. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, I personally wouldn't do that. You know, I would I wouldn't necessarily try to change my style to try to be, get picked up by a uh, gallery or uh, or um, or to be um, placed in the museum because the museum um, the museum's mission right now is to place black art 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 and artists at the same time. They want to do both of them. I, I want to continue on my same my path yeah. that I've been doing as a, as an artist is to create the things that I like to do. And yeah. and I want I want people to see the work and see that it's me. You know, it's not something that's that's um, different from you know um, uh, from uh, just you know doing. Com- it, it would be pretty much like doing commission work. And yeah, I and, I, do that. and I and I think with it, it, it's it's this thing where do like you know it's like does the market dictate what it is in that. I remember, you know, you should do this type of thing. You should do this type of podcast. Um, you should do this kind of barbershop kind of, you know, almost like the, the what the athletes do, like the uh, LeBron James like podcast or radio show, or TV show that he had. And I was yeah. like, I've done that before and I have my own version of that. That's not something I'm interested in. I'd rather do something that I'm curious about that I can yeah. obsess over and keep wanting to, to a- ask these questions and keep wanting to get these stories. Those are the things that really interest me. And, you know, I like the way that you put it earlier and I'm going to steal that. I'm just letting you know, Um, you know, it's it's a lab and that's really what it is. And, you know, I'm an experiment with questions or asking people things in a certain way. And, you know, this is the first time today. This is the first time that I've done this many interviews in one day. Um, You were my sixth interview of the day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm out here. I'm obsessing. And. You know, but in it, each one, I feel like I didn't drag on it. I feel like I was able to able to kind of put forth the same effort, the same attention and the same degree of quality in it. And I think that that's something I wouldn't learn if I was trying to do what someone else is doing, you know, or trying to follow what someone else was like. Oh, you should only do like one per day or you should only do it at this time or this many people. I'd rather just go with what my gut says and let that drive it. My gut my taste and what I think is good and be accountable for it. If it turns out that it's not good, then I'm the person that's, that's kind of judging it. I might hit you back like, Hey, Terry, can we do that interview over? I think I was mid, you know, <laughs> but I think, but I think we've gone well here. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's, it's, it, I mean, that's, that's the beautiful thing about being an artist. I mean, you're art, you're artists in your, your, your field. Um, I'm an artist in my field. And so being an artist means is that you are really taking chances you're you're exploring you're going out there and and trying to investigate and find your own niche and and discover things that works for you um and if you don't do that you know you pretty much you know not giving yourself a chance because uh uh you know as artists you artists say okay hey let me try this you know if it doesn't work you know try to try something else you know that's and that's what we do we kind of sit in the sit around and explore all the time. So I got, I got one more real question for you before mm-hmm. I get to those rapid fire questions. And I'll be remiss if I didn't mention uh, okay. more about your, your background as a, um, as a DJ. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I read that you're well-known veteran club DJ producer, promoter with releases um, on the London uh, UK uh, record label that defected. Tell me about creating um, in that like dance DJ community and perhaps how that's embedded and baked into your, your art practice, your painting practice. Yeah. Um, so 
I grew up in the in the disco era. Um, let's see here, nineteen seventy six was my freshman year, and I think that uh, yeah, a buddy of mine gave me for Christmas. This would have been uh, like the December. Uh, the album um, from the soundtrack of Serenade Live. Uh, yeah. Um, with Don John Travolta. Yeah, so um, that had all of Travaras and, and all the little songs on there and stuff. So we were big, big fans of um, disco early on because um, we're in the high school. So, mm-hmm. so um, and two years into high school, um, my friend um, Bruce Thomas, he needed help DJing a party that he ran out this um, VFW that's what they did back in in the seventies and stuff. Or you either ran out of high school or, or VFW because they people could get access to those, charge two dollars and, and go for it. But um, in order for him to play, be able to play, he needed another person because he had one turntable, I had the other turntable. We switched from channel to channel, yeah. uh, just uh, between records. That was the beginning, and then as we got more money, we got more sophisticated equipment and stuff and getting our radio shack mixer for the six nine six uh sixty nine dollars being able to call ourselves blending to get blending records together really wasn't blending them well i don't think um uh, you know looking back at it and stuff what i know now but that was uh you know during high school and by the time i got out of high school i think i was good enough to actually play in a, cl- in a club like get hired or stuff um went to uh california played out there what where i really took off is i um I, I was in hawaii and um and that had like like um tons of tons of nightclubs tons of tons of tourists so i was working basically every weekend in different places every different clubs and stuff so um and uh, i just kept going at it and uh, it has always been uh, something that was you know um kind of kind of attracted to you know, the art stuff was a natural thing. I mean, I've been drawn since I was a kid, so that's more of a natural thing. This was something that I learned, you know, learn how to do. I learned how to DJ, learn how to mix records, learn how to do the, um, you know, understanding the mechanics of um, of mixing records, you know, beats per minute, you know, getting this, this machine to measure the beats per minute. I mean, now you got you got the um, turntable, they, uh, the the um, CDJs, they pretty much tell you what the beats are right now. You have to do all that stuff. But back in the old days, we had to figure out the, the beats and the keys of the song and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, you know, it was fun. It's like, you know, you go in there, you you put together, um, you know, your set, get it get it ready for the nightclub. Um, I, I worked at a lot of places that were like, um, I would say, if we compare it today, it would be like top 40 because, I mean, dance music was top 40 back then. So so, um, so we play everything that was, like, good. I mean, if it was good and it was danceable, it, it was in the club. It, I didn't get into the underground stuff until I came to Baltimore, pretty much. Um, but the, um, uh, yeah, d- doing the DJ stuff is, is always been um, something that's been um, – you know, interest of me uh, as it got more and more sophisticated. I mean, with those big clubs back in the seventies and in the discotheques, I like I, I want to be like that guy up there that's, <laughs> that's up in the tower trying, you know, DJ and just like you know, I don't know how big this club was because I was sixteen, but it was called a library yeah. in the suburbs where I lived at, and uh, and um, 
And it was an older guy, you know, I get a white, white guy with mustache and curly hair, you know, looking down on us and playing, you know, I can remember the song, knock, knock, knock on wood, just panning across the, de- <laughs> the speakers and stuff. I mean, they were like, like those, those fun times. And then, you know, as we got older, we like, we, we got to learn how to do this ourselves. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, it became a fun thing. And then, you know, get into the club stuff and then actually working and then um, getting into playing at underground clubs, like in Baltimore, I came to Baltimore and I got, you know, I started, I, I uh, actually did my first party in Baltimore and there was a club called Signal and I uh, rented it out and I um, brought in um, Mickey Oliver from Chicago. He was one of the uh, famous DJs from Hot Mix 5. I brought him here. I said, well, like, I said, why is this place empty? Uh, let's, tr- let's try to pack this place up. You know, I was like, you know, new to the town. I really know all the, the, um, politics of the city and stuff, but I wanted to do it and I did it and it was fun. And um, then I ended up meeting like Wayne Davis uh, when he had Club Fantasy and I did parties for him. Um, then uh, I, um, you know, just kept going and I read Maple, Good Love Club, Good Love Bar, lots of venues in, around Baltimore and DC um, has been um, um, my thing for like the last 30 years. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And um, I think that's kind of a good place for us to stop there. We were able to get it in. And I think now I can go into these uh, rapid fire questions, um, if, okay. if that's OK with you. Um, sure. So I got I got a group of them. And, and pretty much with these, we just want to try to answer these as quickly as possible, because, you know, rapid fire, people are like, I don't know if that is my favorite movie or what have you. <laughs> so we're getting into the nitty gritty a little bit. Yeah, OK. All right. Um, so here's the first one. I'll throw a softball for you. Um <laughs> What is your favorite TV show right now that you you watch recently that you binge? Just what's the what's the favorite? What's your favorite show right now? Um, I was I like in in the dark. Okay, it's a it's a TV show. Um, I think it's on um, CCW. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's 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 based in Chicago, so that that kind of intrigued me. And then there's a uh, a um, a actress on there that I I kind of chat with every once in a while. Um, she's on that show, so that's pretty cool. Hmm. Nice. Uh, Next question I got for you. Uh, what was the last song that you listened to? Like, because you're, you're a music guy. So what was the last song that you listened to? Oh, right before this podcast. Uh, American. Uh, America is the, is the band. And uh, The Sandman. Okay. Tin Man. Yeah, Tin Man and The Sandman. Those um, two songs. Uh, they, were, they were big artists back in the 70s. Uh, if you like Woodstock and the Woodstock music. Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite drink? Lemonade. Let's go on. Like lemonade, like a nice, nice cold lemonade on a hot day. Like yeah, lemonade is good. Yeah, lemonade is yeah. good. Uh, so, what dish? Yeah, it's, it's it's too left. Uh, what dish do you cook best? Are you are you cooking? Are you throwing down in the kitchen? What dish do you cook best? Shoot, I cook a lot of stuff. Um, I would <laughs> say uh, let's go with um, the carbonata. Okay, you kind of kind of went left field there. All right, cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yep. Okay, this is the last one. Uh, you've been here. You know, Baltimore is is where you're at now. Is is I guess it's home now for you. Chicago's always your place, but you know, Baltimore's home now. I suppose. Yes. Des- describe Baltimore in three words. Fun, uh, expl- uh, experimental, and I would say it is kind of um, I would say groovy. Yeah, those three. I like it. So there you have it, folks. Um, 
that's that's it. I, w- I want to thank you uh, um, for coming on to the podcast and uh, indulging me and talking and chopping it up with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I want to invite and encourage you to tell the listeners where to find you, where to check out some of your work, your social media, website, all of that good stuff. So the floor is yours. Rob, well, thank you for having me, man. It's been interesting and it's been a, a wonderful conversation. I'm glad we finally get the chance to meet each other. Uh, as far as the audience, where you can check out my work, uh, you can check it out at thompsonstreet.com. That's Thompson Street spelled out, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, street, S-T-R-E-E-T.com. Um, I'm on social media at um, Hype Chart on Twitter, uh, Kapitza on AOL, and Kapitza on Instagram. Che Pizza, C-H-E-P-I-Z-Z-A at AOL.com is my email address. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Terry Thompson for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.